Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 218 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys! And today we have another special guest, <gasps> Ryan, aka the Night Sky Prince. Hello everyone! It's great to have you on, Ryan. Oh, it's great being on here. I mean, I've been watching you guys' videos for quite some time, uh, before I even started uh, being a YouTuber myself, so it's honestly an honor to be invited on here oh we're, we're really proud to have you on as well because you've, you've been doing so great as well yourself oh thank you guys i appreciate that and that's the reason why we've invited you on because today we are going to be talking all about the seven remake and why we are extremely excited for its impending release because it's not too long away now i can't believe it yeah are we yeah. on are we on 15 days 14 uh, days yeah i think it will be just over a week when the episode airs Oh my goodness. Also, like T minus, uh, well, plus like 10 days of the old release, or not. No, yeah. like 20, 20 odd days of the old release. <laughs> oh, could you imagine already having the game for 20 days? It would have been out for like three or four weeks. That's crazy. Uh, but anyway, um, before we talk about all of that stuff, it would be really great, Ryan, to hear a bit about your backstory as a fellow YouTuber. So you've been going for about three years now, right? Actually, yeah, three years as of this month. Pretty crazy. Um, so it started uh, when I was a senior in college, and I was 24 at the time, and I really didn't know, honestly, what I was doing with my life. And I was in school, computer science major. I really didn't know if I wanted to necessarily be a software developer or what I wanted to do. Um, so I just started like looking online to see like starting a business or making a YouTube channel to see like what I could do with my time. And um, then I came across like the idea of making Final Fantasy content or making like YouTube content about my favorite games. And I realized that, oh, hey, yeah, you can do that. And that can be a full time job. Yeah. <laughs> and then so I started I started doing it actually just to um, maybe make like a couple extra bucks or to um, just like be able to help support myself. And then before I knew it, like every time I'd upload, I'd grow and I'd grow and I'd grow and then people wanted more videos. And it gets to the point now where, you know, people watch the things faster than I can ever possibly make them. And I've gotten pretty fast at making them. And so, I mean, I've been obsessed with Final Fantasy since <laughs> as long as I can remember. And so just being able to do this and knowing that people love what I'm doing has just been truly uh amazing yeah it's absolutely incredible and it's just so cool to have you around like i mean it's just you're you're so good with the news and so good with getting stuff out so quickly like it's really impressive and your community as well is incredible oh thank you yeah um it took a long time to actually perfect being able to get stuff out quickly I remember when I first started doing this, it was like the most I could do was like one video like per week. And even now I go back and I look at those videos where I did it like it took like a whole week for me to do like a six or seven minute video. Yeah. <laughs> and the, qual the quality is like nowhere near like what I could shove out in like three or four hours of just focus work because I know exactly what to do. So that just 
comes naturally with experience, I suppose. I also noticed you've covered a few other Square Enix games sporadically, but Final Fantasy is obviously like your main focus, your main uh, main entree, if you will. Um, right. What made you decide to focus primarily on Final Fantasy? So I decided to focus on Final Fantasy because it was a series that I felt like I knew like the back of my hand. I, I feel like I almost intuitively know Final Fantasy. I can recall interviews that happened like 10 years ago, <laughs> almost word for word, and not even have to like go and like uh, relook or try to find stuff because I already know what it is. And just having that like breadth of knowledge is just uh, makes me able to execute a lot faster than I would if I was taking on a bunch of games that I didn't necessarily know anything about beforehand. Yeah, I mean, it's like having that Rolodex, isn't it? Like, I know that this person said this at this time and like reacting to news as well and like going through your thing to just be like, wait, hold on. Kitaze said this about this. This this day and age, like, I swear he said it. I swear he said it. Like, we have that, like, so much where you you either come up with something or I come up with something or we're just like, wait, somebody said something about this. They have contradicted themselves. Yeah. (laughs) I know you guys can relate to this. Have you ever, like, needed an interview and you know you read it, like, seven or eight years ago? Yeah. Like, know for a fact. And you can't find you cannot find it on Google. Is that not the most frustrating thing in the whole world? <laughs> it, it's so annoying. Yeah, because yeah. you know that there was a quote someone said, and it would fit perfectly into what you're <laughs> trying to say within your video. And you look back, and you're just like, "I thought this was pretty big news when it happened," and then you just can't find it anywhere. No. Um, a lot of times, I've I've even had to like omit stuff that I know for a fact that someone said, just because I'm like. There's no way I can go back and find that because Google Google only wants you to look at recent things, not things that happened eight years ago. Yeah, I mean, Wayback Machine is our friend. Like, seriously, without yeah, that, we would even, have no... Even that, it's, like, it's not foolproof. And no. you know, websites that just don't exist anymore that were small and just got cut. Like, because that's the thing, like, you know, especially like, you know, 10 years ago, as you said, a lot of the, the gaming landscape was very different from what it is now. Yeah. Many of the right. interviews were like really small websites that were just doing translation on the side and like they just, just don't exist anymore. That's sort of the sad thing as well about like Final Fantasy in general is that so much of Final Fantasy's history was before people really it's almost like the dark it's like it's like how it was in history before people wrote stuff down. Uh, like with Final Fantasy, nobody really covered like the development of games like Final Fantasy Seven and even like pre Final Fantasy Seven. So it it is like a dark age. We don't actually know unless somebody says like this happened, this happened. Yeah, most right. of the time it was interviews from Japan, but they never happened in the West. No, so it's so and hard. And then um, a lot of these developers are getting older now. Mm. And their memory is not quite what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, and like, so they recount like a lot of this stuff and then they're not even like fully sure themselves what exactly happened. Yeah, like I was watching uh. the, the two episodes they've done uh, recently inside Final Fantasy 7 and like I was just watching it. I think in the first one, Katase was like, yeah, and I was talking to Hashimoto, who's the producer on Final Fantasy 7. I was like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> like... 
like did you forget like Sakaguchi or something like yeah, yeah. and then I looked it up and, it, and, and Hashimoto was the publicity producer mm. it's like that's quite a different role right and then um I believe they even said that like uh Midgar was 10 hours long or something like that I was mm. like unless you're like running around in circles for like three of those hours <laughs> no. yeah and, like it was it was yeah. kind of I was like I, I usually watch these things I'm like should you be like should you be saying that because yeah in that he was like um it was it was a lot shorter than i thought it than i remembered it being so i thought yeah. that we should make this game a lot longer yeah because yeah. we should make it as long as i thought it was yeah. originally yeah i'm not gonna lie like uh that kind of made me go oh no i know no no no, no, no. filler <laughs> because i was like there's there's already enough uh people saying that this segment is too short to make its own full game which yeah. is something that as you all pretty much know that i very much disagree with i think that this is like the segment in final fantasy 7 that you can make a whole separate game out of mm. just because i think that shinra and midgar and all the topics that are covered within those things like soldier it, it encompasses like a lot of interesting territory for final fantasy 7 and to have those that territory expanded upon is super interesting at least to me Oh yeah, absolutely. So when did you, you mentioned about like your channel snowballing? When did you feel as though things were moving in the right direction enough to the point where you could go full time? Oh man! So actually, I became full time one year ago. As of this, I guess March is just like <laughs> special things for me. Um, yeah, around March of last year, March or February, and. Uh, it actually was very funny how I decided I was um, going to go full time. Uh, I just remember walking into work and I was a pharmacy technician, too. So it's very stressful job. And I, I had been at that job for seven years. And I told them, I've been here seven years. Don't schedule me for weekends. And they scheduled me for a weekend again. And <laughs> I was just, I was very angry at the time. And so I went on uh, my uh, YouTube analytics. I was looking at my numbers and I was looking at how much I think I would make if I was able to just do nothing but videos. And the math seemed to add up pretty well at the time. I don't live like a very lavish lifestyle. So I was just like, well, I was like, the worst thing that can happen is that I have to like ask my parents to like bail me out or something, but I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, a year later, I'm not hungry. I have more in my savings than what I started with. And yeah, all my bills are paid. So <laughs> I, I would say it was definitely a good decision. I don't think I've ever loved life at any point more than I love it now, just being full time to the Final Fantasy and like JRPG community. It almost just feels surreal. Like it feels like you have to keep sort of convincing yourself and other people that it's like, it's, it's legitimately your job. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so the biggest struggle I feel like was convincing myself it was real. Mm. Um, so I mean, I'm the type of person who normally, like if you leave my sleep schedule unchecked, I'll stay up to 4 or 5 a.m. every day yeah. <laughs> and then like wake up like the next day at like 2 or 3. And so that's like one lifestyle that I had to end. I wake up 
now nowadays I wake up at around 7 a.m. But mm-hmm. um, for a while, when I first became full time, um, I wanted to get my videos out super early. So I would wake up as early as like um, 4 a.m. and start making videos. And then after a while, that became very ta- t- uh, taxing. And so I ended up starting waking up at like seven and have a video out by like two or three mm. in my local time. Yeah. Much more reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> waking up at four teaches you a lot of things. Um, <laughs> it's the best. It's objectively the best time to record, uh, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no one's going to be uh, mowing their lawn. Mm-mm. Birds will, birds might be singing, but it won't be a big deal. Um, it's just, it's the best time. And you have that uh, peace of mind that happens too in the early mornings. Although it is interesting that you say that as well, because I I swear Uematsu used to say that like 5am was when he would get up and it's like when you're most creative, I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely like when you're most creative. It's because it's almost like, it's probably the closest thing that you can do to not meditating to being in a meditative state almost. Mm. Because... There is no distractions. No one's texting you. No one's messaging you. So it's just nothing but you and your work. That's also why I theorize that people like staying up late at night because it's the same situation where no one's really bothering you and it's just you and your work. Oh, I love nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I used to stay up that late. And now I, I flip that around. So other than like your scheduling, what else has been sort of the hardest part of your journey so far? Oh, man. Uh, I think the hardest part of the journey is probably the hardest part for every YouTuber. And that's figuring out what am I going to put out next? Mm. <laughs> uh, racking your brain and, and trying to come up with something that's new and original that people will actually care about. Um, uh, especially with my content, I take my original content very, 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 very seriously, especially when it's like not like news, but I'm putting out like an opinion piece or like maybe something that's historical or something like that. That's when I'm like most like, what am I going to do? And so that's also how I came up with my modding Final Fantasy series that I do because no one was really doing that. And Final Fantasy community has some really cool mods. Yeah, you have like the updated graphics of Final Fantasy 7. You have like, um, I mean, Final Fantasy 8 on PC would not be at all good. The original one. Well, I yeah, mean. you can mod the original one to be better than the remaster, right? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, mods are fantastic. Yeah, they really are. Um, and like, especially with uh, the pre-rendered backgrounds, which mm. Square has soar up and down. There is no way to restore them in any shape or fashion. That's just how they are. But you know, recently AI upscalers have become a thing and now they're putting HD backgrounds back into these games and it kind of makes <laughs> Square look like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah I, th- I think a lot of these remasters have made people kind of look at Square and just going like, you are a multi-billion dollar company. How are you unable to do what modders can do? Yeah, like two guys in a basement, yeah. outpacing, <laughs> basically outpacing them, um, especially in the case of uh, uh, FF8. Because mm. I believe it's one guy doing most of the work, if I'm not mistaken. 
he's really and he's he's done a fantastic job of upkeeping the game yeah like, yes. i wonder if he's just like sitting there just thinking square just just please please hire me just yeah i can do it i can do it, I I can do it. like we've talked yeah, about like, this at length before like we don't understand why like certain companies don't don't do that with they're avid fans yeah because like you know all you've got to do is like a sonic media the guy had been making fan games for a while he just pitched the idea to so uh, square so that sega <laughs> uh, and and it's like the highest reviewed sonic game in like 15 years or whatever mm. and you know the guy who was doing the streets of rage remake they could have just said like just we'll license it you're doing a great job yeah yeah. So one of the things that I'm noticing happening with these long-time running franchises is that fans are seeming to have a more deeper understanding of the property than even the developers do. And I think that's really weird because sometimes like the things that the fans actually value and what the fans are, or what the developers think that they value are like on two separate planets. A lot oh, of completely. <laughs> and so I think that, developers have kind of become aware of that too and with final fantasy 7 remake uh in resident evil 2 as well i just finished playing resident evil 2 and it's the same situation in both games where the developers actually hired fans or people who grew up playing it and of course not everyone on the team of course grew up playing it but they they've hired quite a number of people who did grow up playing uh, Final Fantasy VII and Resident Evil 2 for their respective games. Um, but it shows, though. It shows a lot when you look at the passion that went into the game and the fact that they are so aware of what their fans want. Yeah, completely. And that sets us up nicely for our main topic, I think. But before we do, though, we need to do our Patreon shoutouts. Yay, Patreon! So, firstly, we're going to kick things off with Chris Morales. Michael Graham. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Tori Patrick. Fayaz Bilal. Lewis James. Zach Taranto. Rachel Casterton at Obion Ray. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trader J. Ryzen. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namejin. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Miles Ribbons. David Caro. Chris Pope at Dr. Pop 181. Freya Stella. Flip Sudness. Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes 22. Yam Potato. And Noah Luttrell. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Okay, so the Final Fantasy VII Remake is releasing in just over one week. But before we dive into our initial thoughts and feelings, we do have some PSAs. Feel free to jump in with additional stuff here, Ryan, because you are Mr. News. Um, it seems as though, though, that just like with 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3, people have already got their hands on copies of the game. And as usual, they're planning to post spoilers everywhere. So make sure that if you are worried about things and you're worried about all the new exposition for the story that's going to be in there and all the characters and all the mechanics, just don't pay attention to social media, basically, for the next week and a bit until you get the game. But on that note, as a unfortunate byproduct of everything that's going on right now with COVID-19, Square Enix are having issues with the delivery fulfillment they they basically can't promise that the game will arrive on the 10th even though that's when the game will officially release and for anyone who's listening that has pre-ordered throughout through a non-square enix retailer they recommend contacting the company for confirmation of when it will arrive and i think ryan you were saying that depending on where you're geographically located in the u.s that will make a difference too uh yeah so usually if i'm not mistaken square enix's distribution center uh is in tennessee 
And so generally speaking, the closer that you are to Tennessee, uh, the more likely you tend to get it earlier. Um, some people that I know had gotten 15 like a day or two earlier. The same thing happened with Kingdom Hearts 3. So it really just depends. Uh, most people here in the States will probably be getting it on release date as long as um, there is no major issue within your state causing the Postal Service to lock down. So because like New York's kind of in a bad place right now. So oh. very bad. Yeah, it's such a shame. I really, really feel sorry for everybody. Well, I mean, everybody everywhere, but like it's just with New York, it's just like the epicenter of everything that's going on. Yeah. And like, obviously, for everyone affected by that, it's just not great. And for Square Enix as well, it's just far from an ideal scenario. I mean, they must really be lamenting the decision to delay the game a month because <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine, like, we're obviously never going to know what changes they had to make to to justify delaying it for a month but like if they if they had the hindsight to to be like no this is just let's just get it out let's just yeah. get, we can patch it we can patch it yeah. yeah yeah like i really hope the edits were were worth it really i mean they did mention in their latest fiscal report that they were doing everything they possibly can on social media to try and get people to buy digital and uh it's kind of worked out for them just not in the way they would have hoped i'm sure um, someone ran a poll in my community and the votes for digital were probably the highest I've ever seen. It was the majority of people buying it in the community. And I was pretty shocked by that because normally, and especially for a game like this, where even like the regular version of the game is treated somewhat of like a collector item, where I know some people who've ordered like all three editions of the game. To see this many people switching over to digital just so they can, they can guarantee having it, it's pretty insane. I think yeah. as well, you know, from Square, Enix, from Square Enix's perspective, obviously they make more money from the digital sale. But yeah, there's going to be plenty of people now who are, who are going to get the digital and the physical version just so they get that hard copy. Yeah. yeah. I think their sales are going to be through the roof, actually, though. Yeah. And I think they're, like you were saying, that their margins are higher on digital sales. So I think that it may end up working in their favor, ironically, just because the digital sales will be through the roof. Yeah, Yeah. it's just they're going to miss out on that. I guess that initial hype where everyone's playing at the same time, it's going to be a bit more of a trickle effect. But then I remember when we spoke to Ray Chase and he was saying that, like, you know, there are still a lot of people that don't play these games on release. I think he Mm. played it like a year after he's or something like that. I seem to remember him saying. Yeah. But he just kept seeing everyone tweeting at him about the game and how amazing he was in it. But he hadn't even played it. And he was like, (laughs) okay, great. Sounds great. I'm going to really enjoy it when I do play it. With a lot of games, like you and I are like that, definitely. I mean, there's a ton of games that we would want to play like in the future, but we just can't yeah, play exactly. when it releases. And I know, like Ryan, you just said that you were playing the Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm. Yeah, like I just ago. beat that. <laughs> yeah. I just beat that. Yeah. Yeah. Life gets and in the way. And even right now, I'm just now playing DMC5. Mm. We have that. Not played it yet. exactly so yeah obviously with the seven remake it's the last part of well what's happening right now is kind of the last strand of what's essentially been a massive saga like we're on we're on the like kind of like the the five-year journey that's that's a small part of the 16-year saga (laughs) right oh man it's been so long I, i guess the first question for you ryan is is therefore when did you actually start, like, when on that 16-year journey, well, I guess before the five-year, 
when did you actually start believing that the seven remake was legitimately going to happen oh legitimately that's a tricky question um i started hoping for it the moment i saw advent children um i think that's when everyone like the seed was planted at everyone's head um and i remember on the trailers back then square would sometimes put um not playable content or something like that. Like it's sort of like warning message to tell people, Hey, uh, this is not a game. <laughs> Just because like there was that confusion there. I didn't honestly think that seven remake would ever happen uh, until the day that it actually did. Ironically, because I think after Final Fantasy 13 came out and I realized just how bad that Square was struggling with HD development, that's when I was sort of like, oh, okay. I don't know if these guys could really pull off making remaking a game like seven um, mm. all in one go. And of course, we'd come to find out that they couldn't do it all in one go per se. But it was, as I mentioned in that 16 year video, um, when Silicon Era ran that article about Final Fantasy seven remake being real. Uh, I still didn't actually believe that that was going to be announced. <laughs> yeah. Especially, and I forgot to put it in the video too. I hate that I forgot to put it in there, especially after that moment when uh, Shinji Hashimoto like got on stage and he trolled everybody by saying that like, hey, we're going to be releasing Final Fantasy VII. Everyone's like, <gasps> and he's like, the original. <laughs> oh my God. We, Best was, moment. Yeah. That was the worst. But like, you, you know, the story behind that, right? They were planning to announce the 7 Remake at that event, but they had to delay it for some reason or another. But they were like, well, we still got to make an announcement about Final Fantasy 7. What can we do? And so that was when they came up with the idea of Hashimoto going on the stage to talk about the the re-release on the PlayStation 4. And like, obviously, it was nowhere near what everyone was expecting. Yeah. That's pretty funny, though. <laughs> but the because ha- no one told him to dial down his energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he came out there and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm about to give them the time of their life. I know. And the <laughs> laughing, like that mem will just live on in our hearts oh, forever. Man. You know what it is, though? It's because he was the original seven publicity promo- uh, producer. He's, yeah. he's still got it going. He's yeah. like, I've got to produce the crap out of this game. Publicity yeah. is my main thing, guys. I know. He's I know. good at it, honestly. Yeah. He's so good at it. Whenever he's he like tells a national you to please icon. be excited. You just you just do it, yeah. Because yeah. like I, I still remember, like he he's like really bad at the, the just lying though. Because <laughs> like, well, oh, I don't yeah. know if it's lying. It's just, I think it's like there's a lot of stuff going on. It's just it doesn't ever happen the way that they're planning to do it. And he just talks a lot. Because I remember reading a really old interview where he just like I think he was doing the promotion for Final Fantasy VIII, like mm. in like '97 or '98 or something. And he just casually slipped out that they were already working on Final Fantasy IX. It was going to come out in, like a year or two. And it's just like, they just they just didn't care back in those days. So yeah. like, I remember a couple of years ago going into TGS, he was like, yeah, we've got loads of projects going on at the moment. Like there's going to be loads of major announcements next year. You're going to be, there's loads of stuff going on. And then after the, after the, um, the, the, uh, the anniversary event, the 30th anniversary event, where they didn't show off anything off the 7 remake apart from the key art. He was like, yeah, there's, there's so many projects on the go right now. We're going to have loads of stuff to talk about this year. And then nothing ever gets spoken about by anyone ever. And like the, yeah, the 30th anniversary thing. Like, yeah, that just didn't happen. No. I recall long ago, and this is, I did a video on this, 
But uh, they had announced like remakes. I assume that they meant remasters of mm. like seven, eight, and nine. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, it's mm. from the PlayStation then, Two, right? Right, and then nothing. No, it just <laughs> no, not canceled. Just I didn't say that. <laughs> left in limbo. Yeah, just left in. They never commented on it again. Never happened. It's all done. I I almost wonder if they like got drunk and like said that, and then they were like, nah. <laughs> yeah we're just kidding yeah we were just baked yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> they did used to do it a lot though because like we did a, a video on 10 3 uh, at the start of the year and and some of the stuff that i found was just crazy like they at the tgs before that happened they just were selling 10 10 2 posters before they'd even announced the game and everyone was just <laughs> like oh this must be some like really cool new final fantasy 10 fan art or something that's so crazy. <laughs> Speaking of like Hashimoto, yeah, he had, um he goes off about ten three like every now and then whenever yeah. he feels like it. Yeah, <laughs> like wh- what are they doing? Like they just and Kataze as well. He's just like, yeah, you know, when we've got the time to do it, and it's like, well, you know, you're not going to have the time, and you're basically retired now. I know. Like who who else? Yeah. Like oh, because Hashimoto is like, yeah, we can't work on it until Kataze and Nomura are free. When's that going to be? Never. Like, never. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to happen. Just don't say anything, you know? Yeah. And but, so now people are kind of looking like, wonder when 10.30 is going to happen. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, I I am curious as to what they do with 10.30, but yeah, I wish they would just, they would just either, either announce it and, like, do it or just just stop talking, stop about, talking it. about it yeah because it's like you know journalists will ask questions about things that are out there mm. and all they've got to do is just say we're not talking about that right now but maybe square just doesn't really have like much of a pr thing going on because like we had the same problem with tabata the fact that like people would be like are moogles in the game uh no yeah. <gasps> That always made me laugh that the active time reports, like they basically never told him the questions he was going to be answering on the episode. Yeah. There was like no protection for him whatsoever. They just want to be, <laughs> they just want to be super polite and answer because they feel as though having an answer is better than no yeah, answer like, at all. Is, is Noctis going to be able to swim underwater? Yeah, maybe we can, we can investigate we can putting maybe it in do there. That. Yeah. And meanwhile, the developers are just kind of like, no, no, Tabata, stop, <laughs> stop, leave us alone. Um, yeah, I got to say life was easy back when he was working at Square I because know. every few, every few minutes he would say something and I'd be like, oh, well, I guess I got a video. <laughs> he was very YOLO about, yeah. about his press, completely opposite of Nomura. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the opposite extremes of each other. Like mm. truly, um, mm. uh, with Nomura, you like you won't hear from him for like months, years. He just goes into yeah, his hole. Then, <laughs> however, I will say though, when he peeps out of his hole, he comes like packing with stuff. Like usually, he'll he'll deliver like when he says he does. Like with even with Seven R, he says, "Hey, look, it's coming right after Kingdom Hearts 3. and he actually really delivered on that. So. I just um, love how like blunt he is as well at times. Like I know I get a bit annoyed with with Nomura and his cave and his caveness. Um, but like the fact that he would just be like, Yeah, that that was so and so's fault. Sorry. Not yeah. sorry. <laughs> like Um, I wanted to come out here and I wanted to show you footage of Final Fantasy Seven, but they told me not to, so hashtag deal with it. 
<laughs> yeah. I think my favorite thing that he said in recent memory was is that um if you want like a Final Fantasy seven that's like the original, go download it on PlayStation Four right yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, but it's so totally true. Favorite thing, yeah. It's so badass, but it's it's just so true. It's like, yeah, if you want to play the original, it's right there. Just go play it again. It's on every system. That's the thing that you're hoping that he says, but you're like, ah, oh, he's not going to say that. But he actually said it. Yeah, <laughs> it's golden. I know. He just doesn't care. No. As, as, sh- as shown by his recent interviews. Yeah, I love in his current in the um, Inside Square interviews where he's just kind of like leaning. He has completely different angle than anybody else in the video. And he's just like leaning his head on his hand, just kind of like, oh, I'll talk to you guys. Okay, what do you want to know? Like, really? All right. I'll just tell you about this. Tell you about that. Final Fantasy VII. And he was like, <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very um, it was very cool, very edgy of him. Very casual. I always, yeah, I always liked that about him too. Like, I always like his uh, fashion choices as well. I remember like one interview, he was wearing like this like leopard print like shirt and like this, <laughs> this like nice hat, or like he's like always, or like he'll show up in like a casual Noctis cosplay where he's just like wearing like some like black Rowan clothes or something. Oh, like we that. all know that. We all know yeah. that Noctis <laughs> is just very much Nomura. Like, it's just him. I'll tell you what, yeah. though. He's got nothing on that Brave Exvius guy. Mm, it's true. Oh, the tie-dye. The tie-dye hoodie is great. Oh. <laughs> so fantastic. Does, does he really wear a tie-dye hoodie? That's crazy. Yeah, the I guy, don't keep up with Brave Exvius. Oh, yeah. No. Is it the producer? Uh, I think, I think like, so, yeah. He, like, wears this, like, multicolored rainbow hoodie. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah at oh, every, that's great. At every, like, interview, he wears They're that. They're all so happy as well. They are. They're really, really a They're fun just really bunch. excited about Brave Exvius. Mm. They and they should They to work with Ariana Grande. Because, I mean, <laughs> Brave Exvius is doing amazing. It is. But either way. Going back to the question. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Lauren? When did you start believing it was actually legit going to happen? Well, I mean, I didn't really think that much of it, to be honest. Like, I... I guess at the time, I just felt like Square Enix were doing so much that I didn't want them to be working on that. Because, like, at the time, we had Final Fantasy XV, we had Kingdom Hearts 3, and then we had, like, a bunch of other things in the pipeline, World of Final Fantasy Type Zero, like, all this stuff. And I was just kind of, like, I always preached, like, I'd rather them not work on it right now because, like, I mean, yeah, me being the mom of Square Enix, I'd rather you not (laughs) work on this right now. Because I was just trying to think sensibly, like, they have so much other stuff in the pipeline. Like, is that other stuff going to get dropped or is it going to get made shoddy? Like, is it just all going to be, like, half-assed, you know? Like, I just didn't want it. I didn't want all of their projects to be wrong. So I didn't really believe the Final Fantasy VII remake would happen until that Silicon Era article right before E3. And then I was just kind of like, is this legit? And then we watched the trailer the next day and I was just kind of like, oh my God, what is going on well, in we the were, world? Uh, we were on holiday, weren't we? Yeah, we were on holiday in America. I was pregnant with Ellie and we were in a hotel in Ocean City, New Jersey. And I was just like, Daryl, we have none of our equipment. We have nothing to make a video right now. Like, 
what well, is going yeah, on yeah because i mean like because because we were under the impression that like literally nothing final fantasy was going to happen that e3 yeah we'd kind we of down tools like everything final fantasy 15. and then we woke up and we had all these messages from people going like why haven't you covered this yet like there's they've announced the biggest game ever and you're not saying anything like yeah we were, like, <laughs> we were asleep like what do you want from us i'm pregnant uh, leave me alone just give me a so, box that's of Twinkies. so relatable god <laughs> but yeah like it was just so that's when i was just kind of that's when i like knew that it was a reality but i just i never thought that they would announce it that soon like i just never thought that at that time it would be because i just thought like you know okay final fantasy 15 is going to be one of the biggest final fantasy games that you guys have come out with in the last like i don't know almost 10 years was it almost a decade it was about yeah like six years like it was you know it was it was a long time like all of your focus should be on final fantasy 15 like it all should be on final fantasy 15 and world of final fantasy and then they came out with that and i was just like well this is just put a damper on final fantasy 15 granted final fantasy 15 sold amazingly well so it didn't really matter at the end of the day no but But, they were all the development team of 15 were pretty peeved about about it all but like, yeah, because I mean, I mean, Nomura said numerous times that it was announced too early and clearly that showed they, they didn't do anything on it for years and what they did to, they weren't happy with mm. just because Kingdom Hearts 3 was just taking too much of his focus. And as you said, like you didn't want them to focus on too many projects at the same time. They always that's exactly about what it. they did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Square uh, um, Enix. It's, um, <clears throat> and it was really weird that E3 too, because, um, you know, Final Fantasy 15 was like, right on the verge of release because it would go on to release that next year and it wasn't even at that e3 if i recall and so it being absent was kind of a huge deal and so for them to announce final fantasy 7 was like oh okay um this is the game you should be interested in yeah right and i can totally see in hindsight why they couldn't have talked about it it's because FF7 would have overshadowed 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 easily. And um, yeah, they wanted to focus on getting that out first. And mm. so I can totally see because FF7 was a huge distraction yeah. um, for marketing those games. Yeah, so, and, and Nomura even said after the reveal that the the main reason they did it in that regard, and based on what you're saying, is that they, they, they thought that by announcing the 7 remake, they would sell more copies of 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 because they knew loads of people would go out and buy PS4s. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Whether that happened or not, or at least from that situation, I have no idea. But even now, there's a bunch of people who are just now getting a PS4 because they want to play this game. So, I mean, that's a testament to just um, how strongly people feel about 7. I know so many people who... Because What'd like, which is also quite sad because we all know that it's probably going to come out on the PlayStation Five, and it's just like, if you just hold on, just like just you a know, year, just a year, just a year, just wait a year, and then you yeah. just get a PS Five, so, and then you'd be in the current generation. <laughs> um, I, I'm thinking that they'll at least release part two though on PS Four as well. Mm. Oh yeah, I think. I think it would be silly for them not to. I mean, they've they've done it in the past with like um, not necessarily Square Enix, but FIFA Assassin's do it all Creed. All the time, yeah. Like Assassin's yeah. Creed, they released um, they released those two games together, didn't they? Uh, Rogue I guess it and, depends how long it's going to take. Cause if it's going to be like twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. But then again, Square Enix has like at least um, Namura has not really 
sort of been careful about those kind of things with the Kingdom Hearts franchise. I mean, yeah, he wanted to release Kingdom Hearts 3 on like, Christmas Day, right? So, Well, it's not necessarily that, but console-wise, like he's released he released so many True, Kingdom Hearts yeah. games on different consoles. He had no qualms about being like, no, I want it on this. I want it on that. He knows what he wants. Yeah. What Nemo right. wants, Nemo gets. Also, also, it can come straight back to PS4 anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> Which is kind of ironic in a, another way, but. But I mean, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he does because it would be a real shame if like people really wanted to play this game and they just couldn't because they um well the next parts and they could it because they were just you know a generation behind and also we don't know what's going to happen as far as carrying over data as well no i don't think they're going to do it really no well i think it might it might be a mass effect thing where they have the option and it will do some stuff but it will it'll be kind of superficial stuff mm-hmm. that's yeah. my that's kind of my thing mm. yeah that's what i'm thinking too because i'm thinking balancing your stats over the course of three presumed games is going to get ridiculous and even if they implement like level caps and stuff it's still going to get pretty wild yeah and there is also the fact that how do you make a good action game but then like necessarily hold stuff back at the same time too because there are things that wouldn't be able to work at this early in the game and i don't know i've seen some claims talking about the game being 50 or 60 hours i don't necessarily believe that i believe it's going to be like i think it's going to be 30 to 40 that's probably closer to and i think if you don't do any side content you probably run through it in like 25 to 30 but um and then trying to add like another 25 to 30 it'll probably get a little weird but who knows they do it in mmos but mmos have such a drastically different balancing than something like an action rpg so yeah i mean i guess they're looking at it from the perspective of like mass effect it's the, it's the easiest comparison to always make like mass effect 2 sold way more copies than mass effect 1 mm. so there was plenty of people that picked up the second installment that hadn't played the first mm-hmm. right and then they've got to be looking at the seven remake in the same vein like mm. whatever they call part two it's probably not gonna be called part two but whatever they call it they're going to have to work on the basis that you don't need to have played the first part to be able to enjoy this game. Yeah. yeah. So therefore they can't have that. They can't have the the second part reliant on the first part. Yeah. So I have a somewhat outlandish theory, but I believe that they're straight up going to call it Final Fantasy VII Remake 2. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think they will. Just because it just it has that hook to it, right? Where it feels like this is very important. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm expecting it, but I kind of hope they go with like a subtitle because mm. like this one is the first, is just the seven remake and then the next one could be the Final Fantasy seven remake and then it can be like, I don't know, the quest, for, like chasing Sephiroth, like something like that, like that's really cheesy, but like some kind of moniker so they don't have to use numbers because I think that's another route they, they could potentially go down because mm-hmm. then, then it doesn't have, you don't necessarily know like the, um, the numbers, obviously like franchises try to, they're trying to veer away from using numbers now. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. There's options. There's possibilities for them. Right. Um, I feel that they'll do it just because I feel like calling it that seems to make it feel more important. But I could also see them still going down this, uh, the subtitle route. But they, they didn't do that with this first part, which seemed to upset some people that they don't have it called like Final Fantasy VII Remake Midgar or Part 1 or something like that. 
I personally don't necessarily see it as necessary, but I know that there's a ton of people that do. Yeah. So that's only because they know that there's more to the, the game, right? There's so right. many people out there that haven't played seven. They're mm. not going to care. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. Yeah. I, I don't think that anyone's going to sit here and let's just say arbitrarily, it's like a 30 to 40 hour game. Um, barring like going deep in the side content and all that other kind of stuff like no one's gonna sit and play a 30 or 40 hour game and if it just has like a reasonable conclusion that gives you a good cliffhanger to like look forward to the next game they're not gonna sit there and be like well this is incomplete Mm. exactly (laughs) can you you think of another game that has part one in the name Mm. like No. no no franchise does that no. And they yeah, all no, do cliffhangers. Yeah. Right. Like Assassin, Assassin's Creed was crazy. Yeah. Like Assassin's yeah. Creed was crazy. Like you end the game, you're like, what? Yeah. Now you got to wait two years. I know. <laughs> Never knew how that was going to go down. Still don't have an answer. Like still just very, very um, underwhelmed by the real life part of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of had this weird, because I was always really critical of Yuichi Wada I had a sneaky suspicion that they just were always planning to do it just they couldn't yeah like you said they they, they just couldn't figure out logistically how they were going to do it I asked and I was actually looking back because I had that weird flashback that you were saying about the interviews I wrote an article in 2009 um, because there was so much going on around then was like with like people talking about it and stuff that, that it was basically just going to happen it was a case of when mm. because they'd always said like that they didn't want to confirm to it. They there's things they had to get in place and all this stuff, and like everything they were saying was just they really want to do it. You can just tell they really wanted to do it. They just couldn't figure out how they were going to do it. Yeah. Right. And then on the Yuichi Wada front, they needed the money. Like, it, it, yeah. the Final Fantasy VII remake is going to make more money probably than any other game in the history of this company. Mm. Oh, 100 percent. Um, and, and the only thing then, that can rival it is like the MMOs. And that's probably it. Yeah, and like, and like back then, they were in serious need of cash. Yeah, uh, you know, two thousand nine on like on the the verge of of Lightning Ret- uh, Final Fantasy thirteen coming out as well. Like that game didn't necessarily do that great in terms of like the, compared to the games that had come before. Um, so like they they needed they needed the seven remake, and they still need the seven remake. It's it's just interesting that it wasn't Wada that pushed it through. Mm. It was Matsuda. But, you know, I, I just always had this. That, so I'd say like 2009 was when I kind of pretty convinced myself this is going to happen. I just don't know when. So Wada, from how he ran the company back then, uh, with all due respect, he was somewhat cheap, in my opinion. And you could tell because he was always looking to like make, like I don't want to say like a lower budget, but he was more, much more focused on like the portable space for lower investment rather than having to develop something for like PlayStation three. And so, I mean, you went um, a generation without like a kingdom hearts game on consoles and stuff like that. And so he, he seemed to be like, I want to say like frugal in that regard, maybe, or at least that was my impression. Oh yeah. No, he was he like, was he was 100% focused on maximum revenue. Cause I remember yeah. this is one, I cannot find the quote. <laughs> I cannot find it. <laughs> But when do you remember a game called Sigma Harmonics? Yeah, I think it only ever released in Japan. But after that came out, it did really badly sales wise. And I see, I just can't find the quote, but I'm pretty sure he said that because the game did so badly, 
they would they would basically cut production of new IPs and just focus on Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts and Dragon Quest, mm. and that was yeah. it. Mm. Because he and, just didn't uh, see any he didn't see any value in in risking a new project that could do badly. Yeah, right. And I think that Matsuda has, he's just been a breath of fresh air. Um, God, he's so much better. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the things that he said that like really made me respect him was is that he was like, we want to bring all of our our past titles digitally, and we really don't care if necessarily like porting those games to uh, current generation hardware is not necessarily profitable. We just want to make it available for everybody. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, you're thinking in like totally different directions than how Square <laughs> has thought in the past. Yeah. Um. So and he's, he's actually, adaptable as well without it being yeah. bad. Like he's been happy to like back things like Neuro Automata, like the mobile stuff. They they adapted like the City Opera Omnia is was a, a good move compared to what they had been doing. But like you know they what, like all the bravest. yeah. <laughs> but like mobile games haven't necessarily been doing the business for them in the same way. So they've kind of changed tact and off. focusing on other things as well. Like he's he's been making the right decisions. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Tried and, some um, things out, you know, tried out the Decidia arcade stuff, but, you know. That was well, kind of when he was Decidia coming NT, in there, wasn't it? Like, I don't Decidia think, NT. Yeah. Decidia NT, yeah, we don't talk about that. No. Oh, sad. Sad, it's so sad, sad, sad. It's so sad. Um, especially with uh, going back to how you were talking about, like, greenlighting the remake. Uh, I really feel like that's why initially because i know they said that cyber connect 2 has experience with action games blah 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 blah. Mm. but i really feel like they're probably looking for ways to actually remake final fantasy 7 because it was so much and they knew that they couldn't do it in one game mm. and so they probably started looking at things like the dot hack series i don't know if you guys are familiar but um, i've heard of the them i've not really played them oh okay so they're multi-part games. Mm. And so uh, that Cyber Connect 2, of course, makes. And so um, it's an RPG. And uh, basically every so... I can't remember how frequently apart they release from each other. But um, you would go and buy like the next episode of the game. And with this one, save files did transfer over. Everything transferred over. And it was great. But um, the cool thing, though about the parts here was that each part would be like progressively cheaper. And so the first game would be like $60 and, or not. Well, at the time it was 50 United States dollars because it's PlayStation two, but it was like 50 us dollars. And then the next game would be like 40. And then like the third game would be like 30. And then like the last game would be like 25. And that's how they would distribute it. Seven R, I think all three. Uh, three with an asterisk mark on it because we don't know if there'll be three. We yeah. assume. Yeah. We assume. Yeah. There'll be three. We hope. I, I hope to God there is three. I know. I think, I think four or more is really pushing it. Yeah. But um, you never know. Actually, I'll make an exception. I'll make an exception. I'll say I'm fine with three if they cover the entire story of Final Fantasy VII. And if they want to retcon Advent Children into like a game, mm. I'd be cool with that. If that's mm. if that's part four, and that's how they round it out by trying to make like AC into like a sequel. Totally, one hundred percent cool with that. I always be thought honest, that that'd be, um, I, especially I, because that was they wanted to make that a game at first. Mm. So for them to actually come back around and be able to make that a game, I, I still think that'd actually be cool. So, um, and it'd be easy to do too with all the assets that they have. But digressing from that, 
I think that they looked at like what Cyber Connect 2 is doing at that time and they said, oh, okay, that's a way to make um, a very, very big RPG with um, limited or not necessarily limited, but um, with the restrictions of how much you can actually put into one game nowadays. And so I think they looked at that and they decided to go in that direction. It would make sense. It would absolutely make sense. It's almost like that thing where you like get a quote from a from a builder or something. Like you always hear it, like get a quote from somebody, like a builder or something, and then you just take their ideas and then do it yourself. Right. <laughs> it's like CyberConnect. Uh, all right. How did you do this? All right. That's cool. We don't need you anymore. That's fine. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> exactly. Peace out. Take all the work that you've already done and just just go away. Uh, I wonder if we'll ever find out what happened. Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I imagine because like Namora is is quite the perfectionist. Like he is very, very much a perfectionist, and I imagine he was probably quite, uh, quite uh, demanding. Yeah. He he probably wasn't paying any attention for the first year or two, and then he was like, "What have you guys been doing?" Yeah, wait, hold on. <laughs> Cloud's hair. Cloud's hair is not right. Cloud's hair. It should be this way. This. This little yeah. strand should be. You got Cloud's this way. eyes wrong. You're fired. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like the CyberConnect version of him did look considerably gaunt. Everyone was really unhappy with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, granted, it was like the sort of beginning bit of the development, I guess, but like the lighting and stuff, it didn't like you compare it to what it is now, it. It is like night and day in how it looks. It's so much warmer now. It's just, it's such a hard task though, because, mm. you know, you think about how many different things Cloud has appeared in mm. and everyone has an expectation about what Cloud looks like. How do you go about going through the process of creating the Cloud that everyone wants to see? Mm. I have yeah. no idea, but I know they did it. Yeah. Me, yeah. For sure. They yeah. definitely did it. That's, that's the best Cloud has ever looked. Mm. And all the all the characters really, you guys may or may not know. I have my my feelings on the compilation. We'll just say that. Mm. But I feel like they really just they they nailed all of the smallest details with the remake. That I know that you're I not the like biggest fan of. You're not the biggest fan of Crisis Core. I know that. For the most part, I really didn't like the entire compilation. If I'm gonna be yeah. honest with you. No, I mean um, I'm I'm kind of there like. I like what they did with the ending of Crisis Core. I think oh, that was like, great. for yeah. me, that was like the strongest bit. But everything else was just kind of like filler or just fan service. To be honest, I, I kind of felt the best story was Dirge's Cerberus. But that that is true as well. I think like, yeah, like the ending bit of Crisis Core and then the whole like backstory of Vincent in Dirge's Cerberus was good. And even the Sviet, like the Sviet's um was really interesting fascinating it's just that the gameplay wasn't that great and it was just like not what we wanted it was a mixed bag it was a mixed bag and like advent children is hard because like it feels like it was made with just well it money was it was mind. supposed to be what like a 20 minute movie that they inflated up to like an hour or whatever it is mm. it, it just it like showed. yeah it showed it's not Advent like children is probably my most liked thing in the compilation, but even then I have so many beasts. With, I think mm. my biggest problem with, with the compilation as a whole was, um, and this is something that they've 
3,000 one bajillion percent fixed with the remake. Uh, it's the dialogue. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> the dilly dallies, shilly shallies. What the and hell no, was that? Watching it in Japanese is not better because <laughs> the subs, like if you're actually if you actually read the dialogue, you're yeah. still gonna be like, what is this? Like people so, do not talk this way. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's it's very it's very it's very weird. Um, mm. and so with the remake though, they just they got it. Like it's mm. just it feels it feels right. Um, like the, the banter, the, the banter oh, between yeah. like Barrett and Cloud, it feels natural and like what Jesse says as well, like how she sort of flirts and mocks and. Like it just, yeah, it's it's really sassy and fun. And um, to be honest, it is something that I feel has been lacking for Square Enix for a while. It's almost like they had a dark age of just bad script writing for like yeah. a long time, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, this is kind of this kind of getting there. I feel like they kind of got there with Final Fantasy fifteen. Like, I can definitely. I think there were bits in Final Fantasy XV where I was just like, that's the kind of spark that I remember from the original games. I mean, when we were playing episode Duskai and we actually got to talk to Debata about it, there was that one sequence where the it was a, a relationship between two people and um, <laughs> I think was it, it was a couple and uh, they're like punching each other or whatever. And um Oh, I remember that. That yeah, was great. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like that kind of stuff that I remember and love from the original games, like from seven through to like maybe nine and ten ish. I love ten to death, but I know it's a bit it's a bit cringe at times with the with the um the dialogue in comparison to the past ones. But like yeah, I think seven. That one demo has showed me that they've got their sense of humor back. Yeah, because um, twelve was pretty serious, and yeah. then thir- thirteen really took itself. It it tried to be funny, like in a lot of areas, but none of the humor like really struck me. In it's, that like way. That. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that. Yeah, that's, that's, it was like that's great. It's like when you type LOL versus you actually laughing out loud. Yeah. That's what, that's what it's, the, like. it's the polite, the polite LOL. Right. Yeah. And the that's pity. what it really felt like. Um, whereas with like um, 7R and like on my stream, I was busting out laughing on multiple occasions because it was just <laughs> some of the dialogue, especially between uh, Barrett and Cloud was mm. just phenomenal. And uh, Najima has said as well, like he's, we only we've only seen a snippet of it but he's he's written cloud this time so that he he has that kind of air of confidence but because he it's just it's not actually him he's gonna do it he, he's written a lot of moments where if it just doesn't work and you're just kind of like well that's awkward yeah yeah oh and i you really know what, hope though? so i can already kind of see that because i already feel like i feel like they already did that with him and barrett uh, with that line when he's like, I mean, your age, not your rank. Like, I feel like at that moment, that's when I, I kind of like knew what he meant by that, because that seems like it's like Cloud was sort of like standing there like, um, uh, like he was like so confused. And what was also brilliant about that moment is that they sort of revealed that Cloud is like not all there in the head. Mm. 
and they they just did that directly and they show you that very early on so it kind of creates mysteries like what's with this guy like who would respond that way and like barrett of course is also like what's wrong with this guy so yeah barrett has has it's it's very um very vocal we'll say yeah very yeah he is um i think all the new voice cast you has in particular they've just been doing phenomenally well yeah yeah, they've been I, I think that they match they matched up really well. And I'm really excited to see how the other people fare in their roles as well, because obviously we have a lot more still to go. Oh yeah. I still can't oh, believe yeah. that Don Corneo like I well, we looked it up the other day because like people were swearing up and down that that was Mark Hamill, and it was just like, uh I really yeah. want this to be Mark Hamill, but it's not Mark Hamill. And it's actually the voice of Lowe's from advent children which is crazy yeah Um, that's really weird especially since they didn't really recast um any of the the talent from the compilation no yeah they just brought back a lot of other people john dimaggio is back for like his fifth final fantasy character i think yeah yeah (laughs) always gotta have old faithful i wonder if tara strong will be anybody there's usually like in the because there's gonna be so many incidental (gasps) characters in this one oh but i do wonder in the future i mean i know this is obviously not gonna be now but like i do wonder in the future like who's gonna play like yuffie and stuff like that's gonna be so cute oh i can't wait to hear yuffie oh yeah so we're gonna we're gonna skip forward a little bit in terms Mm. of our question set because this is going on considerably long time (laughs) great great discussions really good So, so i guess the main question for you ryan is do you think the remake will surpass the original both in terms of sales which is obviously what square enix care about uh and also just in terms of the its impact great question yes and yes um in terms of sales i think one of the things that you actually have to look at is how many playstation ones were available when uh final fantasy 7 the original came out i believe ps1 actually came out quite a deal before the nintendo 64 i want to say uh ps1 came out as early as like 94 or something like that fact check me but um, i think that is correct in japan Oh, okay. Yeah, in Japan. And so, um, but by the end of PS1's life cycle, they had sold um, 100 million units. Well, PS4 is already at above 100 million units. I believe it's close to 110 million now. So just the fact that there are more like of the of the appropriate hardware in people's houses, even if the attach rate was the exact same as the original, you still have more units sold. But it won't be because there's pretty much everyone who played the original who can still play games is still walking the earth. Almost, I would say, <laughs> is going to be coming back, I feel like. Even if they say they're, they aren't, I, I still feel like they will be coming back. And then on top of that, you have so many new people who are just saying, this is going to be my very first Final Fantasy game. Uh, they, they've always heard that, that maybe there'll be a 7 remake. And so they've held out for this moment. And so I think that it's going to surpass the original. And I think it might even surpass um, even 15's 9 million sales or close to 9 million um, on just PS4 alone. Uh, Not even mentioning when they inevitably release it on PC and possibly Xbox as well. And so, yeah, in terms of gameplay, I feel, again, like, can the game itself exceed the original 7? I feel like, yeah, like... 
I feel like when I was playing it, there was a sense of joy that I hadn't had playing a Final Fantasy game in a long time. It gave me a, it gave me that sense of joy that I haven't had since like maybe like Final Fantasy X, just like playing the demo where I just felt like it was bliss. And I don't think it was necessarily um, just the hype getting to me either. Um, the more that I went back and started messing around with the combat and things like that, the more I felt like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. And just during that Guard Scorpion fight, like I strategized a lot in my head. Yeah. Every few seconds, I was like, oh, my God. And think about it, right? You really only had like a handful of abilities and your basic attack, and that was it. And I was thinking, oh, my God, if this is like the first boss and I'm already thinking like like my brain was engaged, like I was playing like a mid to late game boss in the in like FF7, the original. Right. Yeah. So if I felt that engaged on the first boss of the remake, I'm thinking, whoa, what are they going to be doing with like all these other fights? Yeah, because it's not even um, it's not even a short fight either. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. The way they reinterpreted. Like a lot of like the the mechanics of the original Guard Scorpion, like the tail laser and stuff like that, it just it feels cinematic. But then the cinematic aspects of it don't necessarily distract from the actual strategy required to actually complete the boss either. Yeah, um, I mean, it really makes me fearful for what will happen with Emerald Weapon and Ruby Weapon. They are going oh. to be hard. Could they surpass Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts? Oh, if they oh. do, then I will not be them because I could not be him. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Sephiroth's not so bad. Once you learn the trick to him, mm. it's got to learn. It, it takes a while, though. I think I had to sit there and like play him a few hundred times before I could oh, get it goodness. down. But um, I really wonder what super bosses they'll have just in this first game, honestly. Yeah, it's true. Will they have super bosses, do you think, for each thing? They've got to have something. They're bound to. I think um, just the fact that they have um, some original soldiers that they're showing off in this game, I think it'd be cool if maybe Rosh yeah. returned as a super boss, but I think they're going to mostly focus on him being a story boss. Um, but yeah, they could, they could really do anything. Mm. So I do but wonder I if Cisne, like, like, is Cisne going to be in it and stuff like other, other Turks, Turkletons? I don't think she'll be in this game Mm. because, well, I don't think we heard anything yet. I think we would have heard if she was going to be in this game by now. But I'll tell you that I think that she's going to be in part two. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that because they're really focusing on a lot of before crisis stuff and they're focusing on uh, Nojima's novels. They don't seem to care about much else outside of those two things. Like those two things seem to be like the biggest things for them. Um, so, and we're already seeing like a bunch of characters apparently from the kids are all right, mm. which is um, a book that honestly I didn't even know existed until maybe a few weeks back, and then it got brought to my attention, and then I bought the book, and I still haven't had a chance to read it yet, but. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, some of the characters they showed off in the latest reveal, but then it's also made people wonder if Rufus's brother's going to be in it. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions and um, all those characters that they can use, and so that's also why I feel like I'm so excited for this because I mean, just between the bombing run and Airbuster, I believe they said Airbuster is like chapter seven, 
So you got like six chapters of stuff that just was not in the original. Yeah. And I'm like, what are they going to fill that with? And yeah. so really, if I'm going to be like 100% honest, I feel more like I'm getting Final Fantasy 16 than a remake of a previous Final Fantasy, if that makes sense. Mm, I'd say that. That's kind of how they're viewing it as well, I think. It's the next yeah. main series game. Yeah. And um, it, it feels like what I would expect the next mainline game to feel like. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be by far the the highest revenue generating game for the for the company. Yeah, I'm I'm not 100 percent sold if it's gonna have the same impact. Just because seven was like the perfect storm for everything yeah. at that time, and it doesn't. It, it's not possible for it to resonate in the same way. I don't think. I also don't. I I don't know if the the bad press around the fact that like you know people might not get it might tamper people's opinions. I mean, once they like if the reviews start coming out and people are giving giving it ten out of tens, then it might not matter. It, but I, it might it might make people a bit more antsy about about getting it. I think as long as the Final Fantasy community themselves recommend it, mm. I think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, looking back. The biggest problem with um, 13 and 15 was that if you weren't a Final Fantasy fan, it was very hard for me to give those games like my 100% recommendation. Um, with 15, for example, it's not that the game was necessarily bad or anything, but it was like I also had to recommend like an anime and a movie. And I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. Gosh, if, yeah, if you want to know, <laughs> know like why um such and such um went blind then you'll need to um play this dlc and it was just like okay uh this is a lot to pour like a normal person to take in uh kingdom hearts experienced the same sort of problem where people sort of like oh hey get into kingdom hearts but hey um there's like nine games that you (laughs) need to (laughs) before you can like really like fully enjoy like the story of this third one and so that kind of put up that barrier um that being said kingdom hearts 3 still still sold fairly well Mm. um but without those barriers without people detracting them from coming into it and and sort of like being able to engage in it i think that that's going to make 7r sell even more because the fans themselves aren't going to hesitate when they recommend it. And I think with the last two mainline titles, barring 14, that's been the main problem. I mean, even 14's had its, had its like just struggles with getting new people in to just want to play it, even though it is a fantastic experience. It's had its yeah. ups and downs. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really do think that, we're in we're in line for some pretty big numbers as far as sales go uh especially if people are buying it twice which is like three times four times keep buying like i mean honestly it's just it it's it's great for it's gonna be like gta 5 yeah yeah i have i have people who said that they've like pre-ordered the game at like five different retailers yeah and i i asked them like i was like why did you do that yeah (laughs) like i don't know i'm just so excited (laughs) <laughs> i and just I'm want just to spend like, my money <laughs> i'm like are you gonna get all of them they're like yeah i'm gonna get all of them i was like i okay. have seven <laughs> seven remakes seven seven yeah. remakes you that, like only have one 
there there are people who will show them like stacked up and be like, oh my god, I got all of them. Look at this like pile of yeah. So and just knowing that there's that many Final Fantasy VII fans like that is pretty huge. And yeah. um, right now while we're all in quarantine too, and I think people are um, people who can afford to play video games or have the time to do so. Uh, I'm sure they're looking at stuff. Uh, since uh, I haven't really been able to go out myself, the social time that I normally would spend, I'm like over here, like playing games that I haven't been able to play for like a long time. So I know it's a it's it's a it's a positive byproduct of the situation we're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So it, it may it may work out in their favor. Um, I don't. Uh, they they may recoup sales that would have otherwise been lost maybe it's what coronavirus had planned all the time yeah. they're just like <laughs> you know what square enix needs a few extra sales of the final fantasy 7 remake so therefore yeah maybe, I'm gonna, maybe this is the perfect storm i'm for, gonna for this version i'm gonna screw up everything and you're gonna have to buy it digitally because i'm not gonna let final fantasy 7 remake get to you on time boom shakalaka but you know i really think they aren't delaying it though too because i believe doesn't their fiscal year ends like right there it like, will have, yeah, it's going to, well, it's, it ends on the 31st of March. Mm. Oh, okay. So th- it's already like delayed into, okay. yeah. Because I was thinking, I was like, yeah. oh, would that mess with their, their projections? Yeah, next year is going to be amazing. Yeah, we think that's part of the reason. And Avengers. Well, yeah, it's definitely, oh, okay. um, that's definitely part of the reason why they delayed it on top of everything else. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, that's a nice point to wrap up. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Like, it makes me very happy that you guys would have even considered me. Again, I've been watching you guys since before I ever even, like, made a YouTube account and, like, started uploading my own videos. So it's, like, uh, it's very much a personal achievement for me to be here with you guys. (laughs) That makes me feel so special. But, no, like, (laughs) seriously, I mean, you've done so well in your own right, like, we just are so just as excited to be able to talk to you, the night sky prince. I'm happy. I'm the ultimate Noctis fanboy. Yeah, <laughs> that I am, and I'm. Uh, I'm mostly a byproduct of y'all's work. So mm. um, anything that you like about me and like what I've done, like I said, it's just a byproduct of years of watching you guys before that. <laughs> so, <Nah. laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 14th of April, just after the 7 remake has come out. So hopefully we'll be able to give you guys some impressions about how we feel about it. Mm. Uh, spoiler free, of course. Uh, be sure to check out our news coverage at FinalFantasyUnion.com. And uh, remember, if you enjoy what we do, why not check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And of course, if you want to check out anything on the Night Sky Prince... You can check him out on YouTube. His YouTube channel is amazing and he covers like a great deal of news uh, for Final Fantasy and um, his his Twitter as well. And also he has his uh, fantastic Ultima community on Facebook as well. What is the full name of that? Ultima Square Enix plus JRPGs. There you go. I just refer to it as Ultima because I'm just like... that's what i care about i care about ultima it's okay you can just call it ultima or ultima jrpgs either one Mm. works but yeah on that note it's time for us to say goodbye so i'm daryl saying goodbye goodbye
Bye. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FunnelFansUnion.com production. <laughs>